Thank you for tuning in to the World Overcomers podcast. On behalf of our senior pastor, Andy Thompson, we appreciate your continued support and generosity. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to receive updates when we post new content every week. If you would like more information or want to make a contribution to World Overcomers or Pastor Andy, visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Once again, that is www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Enjoy the message. You're wondering, that's why I've been so unhappy. That's why I'm so bothered because I don't really need to spend my whole life working for somebody else. I need to spend some time working for myself and experiencing the kind of blessing that God has for me. We want to welcome all of you, name by name, person by person, to World Overcomers Christian Church, to our Sunday morning service, 10 a.m. It's a little bit of a special service in that it's a prayer and worship service. And don't worry, we're going to end right around the same time, 5 minutes to 12, 10 minutes to 12, maybe another 30, 40 minutes. We're not going to be here forever. I'm going to share a word with you just a little bit. But, uh, but we wanted to take some time during our prayer and consecration, we're consecrating as a, say, as, a co- as a corporate body, we are fasting and praying together. We've asked everybody to give God something. Give God sugar. Give God coffee. Give God meat. Give God bread. Ain't get no amens on that one because it's the South. Give God rice. Give God, give the Lord something. Say, all right, I'm going to deny myself. Folks doing sun up to sundown. Sun up to sundown doesn't mean you then eat from sundown to sun up. It doesn't mean that you now switch your schedule and sleep during the day and hang out all night. No, what it means is you break it with a meal and you spend some time reading and studying and praying. You ought to read your Bible, but you also ought to read some books about money. That was weak. I said you read your Bible, but you also should read some books about real estate. There's several books right now. But Pastor Andy, what are you reading? I'm reading a book called The Richest Man in Babylon. I'm reading a book. I'm reading books. On, I'm reading about about. I'm reading the, about gold. I'm. Re- I am trying to figure out how I can rest in my gray hair and not have to work at Walmart. I need a witness. And only if I want to, you'll be like, Oh my God, Pastor Andy's a greeter at well only because it's something that I want to do because I rebuke the devil in the name of Jesus of you and me and so you ought to be reading ought to be reading you ought to be looking at classes you ought to be trying to figure out how you can make money that make money to make money you are you ought to be believing God that your greater is still on the way I'm gonna get off of it in just a minute but you ought to believing you ought to believe that this is not where you supposed to be get away with God and you get quiet and you listen to God speak to you and you give God something something happens to you when you give God something for a spiritual purpose so during this time of prayer and consecration and what what we do in case you don't if not in case you don't know you're you're maybe you're new you're you're watching new is since there are 365 days in the year, we as a body started giving the first 36 days, which is a tithe of the year, to God as a first fruit in prayer and fasting. 
Don't make me say it all over again. Say amen. A tithe is the tenth. Because you should be a tither. When I say you should be a tither, I mean you tithe your time. We're going to keep this service under two hours. But quite honestly, even if it's two hours, truthfully, that's not a tithe of your time. It's not a tithe of your time. You're sitting forward looking at me and you're thinking, how long is, is he going to talk? Well, but even if I talk for three hours, it's not a tithe of your time. Don't worry, I'm not going to. But it's still not a tithe of your time. Gentlemen, it's playoffs. Talk to me. It's playoffs. The Cowboys are playing tomorrow. Y'all need prayer. It, 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 it is. This is a, How many hours are you going to spend worshiping the God of football? I love football. It's my favorite sport. I'm just saying, don't spend more, don't pour more football into your spirit than you pour word into your spirit. I don't just want the front row to say something to me. Don't pour more football into you than you pour knowledge into you. All the time you spend in front of your computer screen, don't just look at it for stuff that brings you pleasure. But look at it for stuff that brings you information and wisdom because people are destroyed for a lack of. No, people are destroyed for a lack of. No, everybody got to say people are destroyed for a lack of. God said my people are destroyed not for a lack of prayer. And I'm going to talk about prayer in a minute, but it is a lack of knowledge, which is why I couldn't pray without giving you a little bit of knowledge. Just a little bit. Just for you to know that when you ask God to bless you, there's a way that God blesses you. It's not just a supernatural church thing. It's just a thing thing. It's a thing thing. It's an earth thing. It's a wealth thing. It's a thing. You plant a seed, you get an acorn that... You put an acorn in the ground, you get an oak tree that gives you acorns that you can't count. They sell us fruit without seeding it because, <laughs> because our country is more about consumption than about sowing. We mad at watermelons with seeds in it without understanding that the seed is where the power is. We are so busy being eaters, we have forgotten how to be sowers. We just love to eat. And my prayer is that we will love to sow more than we love to eat. My prayer for you, what's Pastor Andy praying for? My prayer for you is that you will be so consumed with sowing that you will barely care about the eating. That your mind will flip and that you will see everything in your life based on what it returns to you, not just what it costs you. 
You'll start looking at your shoes different. You'll start looking at your car different. You'll start looking at your clothes different. You'll start looking at your hair different. You'll start looking at your food different. You'll get mad at Starbucks if you realize that you can admit that they keep you from sewing. Got quiet. That being a sower is the will of God. When we come together as a body to give to God, it really shouldn't be that difficult. Not just because we love the Lord and we're spiritual and we were taught to do it. But it shouldn't be that difficult because sowing is what we naturally should be doing. The enemy in his brilliance has taken sowing out of our culture. We talk about sowing and it sounds weird. We kind of only talk about it in church. It's the only time we talk about it because we don't really produce a lot. We just consume. And we think about our work in exchange for uh, something that's money that we can then take to buy something that we can consume. And so then we come together into the house of God and a preacher stands up and says, okay, let's give to God and let's sow into the kingdom. And I want you to sow and you reap where you sow. And some of us kind of check out and some of us are kind of like, oh, this is church. It's so funny how sowing and reaping is church speak. Sowing and reaping is church speak. Sowing and reaping is church talk. But it's, it's not really supposed to be church talk. It's supposed to be life talk. You're supposed to look at everything you have in terms of is it seed or is it food? Because the worst thing you can do is eat your seed. Gentlemen. 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 Tell the truth. When you have a child, it changes your mentality. If you're a real man, a good man, it changes your mentality. When you see your seed in the earth, it changes your perspective. Changes the way you see your money. Changes what you want to spend your money on because you start to think to yourself, I got to provide now for somebody outside of myself. The Bible says that a man who does not provide for his own is worse than an unbeliever. So you can't be a believer and not have your whole brain set changed by your seed walking in the earth. Just changes your mindset. Something's wrong with you if it doesn't change your mindset. Because you now realize you sowed. <laughs> you didn't necessarily plan to reap. Don't know do want to say amen on that one. You sowed. Elder Clark's like, you sowed. Now you've reaped. And your job is to not just be the source, but to be the sustainer of that life. That perspective changes the way you see what you have. And it changes the way you see the sowing, right? 
I'm looking at my sons over here, right? It changes the way you see the sowing because you realize as fun as the sowing is, after the sowing goes the sustaining. Is this guy going to take up the offering or not? I am. I'm almost done. Are you understanding what I'm saying to you? Wave, wave at me. Pastor Andy, we understand. We understand. We understand. I thank you. Because understand, when I say, let's give to God, especially in the 21st century, it's a, when I say, give, let's give to God, it is so outside of the norm of our cultural understanding of even life to sow and expect a harvest. So, what I want it to do and be is the first way that you exercise this muscle. I don't want this muscle to only work for here. I want you to work this muscle. It is a muscle that the enemy has stolen from us to keep us under the boot of our enemy. Our wrestle is not against flesh and blood, but there is a manifestation of the demonic plan of the enemy against you as an individual. And one of the ways that happens is the robbing of this muscle. So part of what I want and what church and kingdom ought to be about is teaching you how to get these legs working again in which you start to think about what you have in portions. Tithing is about thinking about something in portions. You start to think about what's the tenth of it. What is the tenth of what I make? I make $100,000. What is the tenth of that? If I hit the Powerball, what is the tenth? If I hit that mega thing, that thing last week was one point something billion. Don't act like I'm the only one. I was in the Atlanta airport. I almost went in and played a number. I really did because I was like, don't nobody know me because I don't want nobody saying, I think I saw Pastor Andy come out with some tickets. I, uh, I was in the airport and there was a place in the airport to go in there and pay. I looked it up, $2. Had me six numbers too. Immediately, my mind said, wow, $1.15 billion. The tithe of that. Because you can't think about what you have without thinking about the tithe of it. Did you know that the average person who wins the lottery ends up broke in less than six years? Because they don't know how to think about things in portions. All of a sudden, they have Bill Gates' wallet without Bill Gates' discipline. You can't handle Bill Gates' wallet without Bill Gates' connections and Bill Gates' mindset. If I gave you Bill Gates' money right now, you couldn't handle it. Yes, I could, Pastor Andy. No, you could not. I believe in reparations for African Americans. I just don't think we need it now when we still don't know enough about how money works. 
I'm going to make everybody clap for that in here. I, I definitely think we owed it. I just don't know if it will stay in our community. Please, can I get some amens on that one? And so, uh, understand, a part of the tithing and the sowing and the giving to God is practice for the tithing and the sowing that you're going to do into your insurance. Oh, my Lord, that was so weak. That is a portion of your salary that should be going into insurance. Everybody in here need an insurance policy. Everybody needs a whole policy, a whole life. and Everybody needs to be building wealth in their own. Do you know that you can build wealth in your insurance policies? You can borrow the money from yourself. Did you know that? If you don't know that, then that means that you're not really a tither. Once you tithe to God, then you start tithing to yourself. Then you start tithing to your retirement. Then you start tithing to your business. Then you start tithing to your saving. And then you end up with what's left. And you have a realistic perspective about your money. You know where your money go. If you have ever, I have, if you have ever walked into a bank with an attitude, Ever, ever, if you've ever walked into a bank with an attitude, upset, you don't want to talk to a teller. You want to talk to somebody in one of these rooms. Because you know you got more money than that. You just put your check in there. You know you do. This is ridiculous. Somebody is taking your money and you don't know what is going on. And you have got out your car and walked into the place and told one of the people, yeah, I know I need to talk to somebody. And they're all calm. Come on in. How are you doing today? And you're like, I'm not doing very well, Miss Janet. What is your social? And you blah, 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 blah. And they punch it up and then they turn the screen around to you. Y'all folks better get honest in here. And they show you Walmart, Target, and you're like, oh yeah, I did just buy these Jordans. What has happened is you don't know where your money go because you are not a tither. Tithing to God is a part of how you begin to tithe everywhere else your tithes go. Just like you love God and your love for God shows you how to love your neighbor. Your relationship with God ends up being a beginning that launches you to other work in the same way the tithing and the giving ought to activate a muscle that changes your life not only will God bless you but ultimately you will bless you Put your hands together. Put your hands together. 
Put your hands together. Please, put your hands together. I want you to agree because you need to agree. I don't need your patronage. I want you, I'm fasting. I want you to put your hands together because it's true. And we got to break the yoke of the spirit off of us that's in the air. I'm speaking to the principality. Why are you going on so long about this? Because I'm speaking to the principality that's over our people. We don't understand about money because our parents didn't understand about money. And our great-grandparents didn't understand how money worked. So they couldn't teach us how money works. If you start tithing, tithing to God, tithing to yourself, tithing to your retirement, tithing to, the, tithe to your business, give it. If you start to do that, you won't be able to but help teach your children that. Right now, my conversation with my children is I am not interested in them trying to get a job. I'm going to make everybody say something to me or something. Not interested in them trying to get a job. Right now, my sons, I'm saying to them, go to school, finish school. When you're done, come have a conversation with me, and let's talk about doing some business together. I don't want to do business with people that don't have some basic understanding. I don't think college will prepare you necessarily for a job, but it will make you complete so that when we go to do some business together, you'll have some sense. Because I'm not interested in my children working for the man that does not move me. That's what I did. That's what my daddy did. That's what my granddaddy did. I'm not interested in that. I am believing that the next generation will be at a whole nother if you're a part of that next generation, wave at me. If you have babies in that next generation, wave at me. I don't want your children to go through what you went through. I don't want them to have to do what you had to do. I don't want them to have a job they hate. I need a witness in the building. For everybody who gets up on Monday morning rolling your eyes and saying, God, help me. I'm about to knock somebody out. I rebuke that off of your children. That might be your life, but that's not going to be their life. Can I get a witness in here this morning? How is that? Well, it's because I have to teach them how business works. And sowing, tithing, and giving, and giving to the building fund, all of this is a part of how God blesses. Now we have come together, we have praised, we have worshipped, we have shouted, we have sung. This scripture says... Now there was a famine in the land besides the earlier famine of Abraham's time. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, in Gerar. That's chapter 26. And in verse 12 it says, Isaac planted crops in that land and the same year reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. The man became rich and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. He had so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines envied him. So all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the dug in the time of his father Abraham, the Philistines stopped up, filling them with earth. There is so much there 
that's a word for you. That regardless of the famine, you will plant crops in the famine time. Do you know that there is a famine coming? I said, did you know that there is a famine coming? Did you know that? Can I explain it to you? Stop playing, son. Can I explain it to you? Clearly, this is the message. I'm about to let y'all go after this. Clearly, the Holy Ghost has taken over. Can I explain it to you? When the interest rate goes down to three, what starts to happen is that the monthly payment on a 3% interest rate is different than a monthly payment on a 7% interest rate. They're not the same. And so what can happen is prices can skyrocket. Whole lot of us in here, if you had property and sold it, you made money because you bought a house for 250 when the when the interest rate was higher and when it dropped lower, all of a sudden your 250 house became worth half a million in North Carolina like it's crazy. And mostly it's because of the interest rate. But now that the interest rate has gone back up to five and six and seven percent, your house it's not worth $500,000 anymore. Because the monthly payment on a half a million dollars at 7% is very different than the monthly payment on a half a million dollars at 3%. Say amen to me. Say amen to me. Say amen to me. Corey, just keep looking at me. Nod in your head. I'm looking at you, okay? Because I mean, keep me on point because I'm excited right now. Keep me on point. You understand what I'm saying to you? That is a totally different monthly cost. And so now what has happened is a house that you bought for 450 is not worth 450 at 7%. It might have been worth 450 at 3% if it even was. And so now you are upside down in your house. Simply because of the fluctuation of the interest rate. And so now if folks lose their job or folks have to move or have to go somewhere, now they need to sell a house at 450 just to meet their, their, their obligation. They need to sell it at least 450, but they can't sell it at 450 at no 6%. Now the price has to go down and this causes foreclosures. Ultimately, right now, this is not really the time to buy a house. It's almost better to rent a house right now because you could actually rent a house that somebody owns that they bought at 3%. Since they bought it at 3%, if this is your situation, it will be better for you to keep your house and not sell it right now. Because you can't get what it's worth at 7%. But you could rent it at 4% since someone who wanted to buy your house would now have to pay 6% to get in that house. So now you should probably rent it and make a little money. But inevitably, a crash is coming. Should nobody really be eating a whole lot of seed right now at all? 
everybody smart should be sowing. Everybody should be saving. Everybody should be getting ready so that when the crash happens, you'll be able to come in and take a hold and sow in the time of famine. See, it sounds so crazy, Elder Paul, because we over-spiritualize it. But really, the famine is the best time to sow if you have seed. the best time the best time to have money is when everybody else is broke Jesus said the person that has more will be given the person that does not have even what they have shall be taken away and so you got to have right elder you got to have because if you don't have when the opportunity happens. When the opportunity knocks. And believe me, beloved, opportunity is about to knock. Opportunity is about to knock. And when opportunity knocks, Sometimes opportunity knocks once in a lifetime. Sometimes once in a lifetime an opportunity presents itself. I know I'm not the only person in this room who remembers an opportunity that happened that I missed because I wasn't ready. Wave at me. Talk to me. Somebody say, oh my goodness. If I had known then what I know now. I moved to Durham. Everybody around the world, we're in, I'm in Durham, Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina. When I moved to Durham 20 years ago, downtown Durham was a ghost town. Don't you wish you owned a little bit of property in downtown Durham right now? Claps. You better say something to me. Don't you wish... I said, don't you wish you had not eaten and maybe bought a lot somewhere? If this message has blessed or encouraged you, feel free to visit www.worldovercomers.church podcast and learn more about WOCC or donate to the ministry. This enables us to continue to impact the kingdom in the best way possible. Folks is just crawling their number out. That was $10,000 I missed. Absolutely. Because what happens is in the time of a famine, you sow. In the time of a famine, you buy. And the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Now, the Bible says that Jesus, though he was rich, and I know we think rich in heaven, but Jesus was the descendant of kings. And the wise men came and laid some serious wealth on them. But the Bible says he became poor so that through his poverty, you might become rich. And now, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich because of what the Lord has done for us. And so, after this moment, you are no longer poor. You are not a poor person anymore. 
through Christ. No, I want you to believe what I'm saying. You have been justified by faith and you have peace with God. You are a child of the King. You are an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Don't think poor when you're not poor. You know, there's nothing sadder than not being poor and still thinking poor. Somebody came and was talking to me, Pastor Andy, and they were thinking, they were like, oh, I, I just sold my other house, and now I've got a half a million. I made a half a million dollars, and so I'm thinking, I'm going to put this half a million dollars down on my next house so I have a lower payment. I said, that sounds smart, but that's poor people thinking. Poor people care about what their monthly payment is because they're not making enough to not care. If I were you, I would take a half a million dollars. What, what would you do, right? If I gave you a half a million dollars, if you are making 8% on a half a million, you won't care about the 3% you're paying on a mortgage because you're making more money than you're paying. You could do way more with a half a million dollars than put it in a house. What I'm saying to you is that refuse to keep your parents' poor mentality. Your grandparents were poor. Your parents barely made it. They needed their check. What they taught you worked for them. But it's not going to work for you because you are not poor. Make a good confession. Make a good confession. Make a good confession. Make a good confession. Say that may be what I look like, but that's not what I am. I might look like it now, but you keep watching me. You keep, you keep looking at me because my outside is not a real reflection of where I am on the inside. On the inside, I own. On the inside, I rule. On the inside, I am the lender. I might be borrowing from you right now, but this is not where I really am. Because poverty is a mentality. So you are no longer poor. Amen? You are no longer poor. We are fasting and praying. We broke poverty off of you in the name of Jesus. You are no longer poor. Since you are no longer poor, you have to stop thinking like poor people. Stop thinking like broke people. Stop thinking like that. You have to now realize that there is an opportunity that the wealthy are waiting for. I'm reading a book right now that's talking about the manipulation of it all, the fear and the manipulation of what stuff is worth and the values and what the, what the cash is worth and if you've got cash, how it's not worth what you think it's worth. Your mama felt so great about having $10,000 in the bank, but $10,000 in the bank is a very foolish thing to do because $10,000 today may not be $10,000 next year. One of the top givers that I keep looking at and keep calling his name, he said to me at a lunch that money is currency. Currency means currents. And it means that it needs to keep flowing. If you let it stagnate, it dies. You can't allow your cash to stagnate somewhere. 
you got to be finding places where you can sow it. Otherwise, it stagnates and dies. Your money's job is to work for you, not for you to work for it. You ought to be believing right now that your money is getting down. You ought to be believing that your money is taking out each other for dinners and candlelight. You ought to believe it that your money is slow dancing somewhere on a floor. You ought to be believing that your money is knocking up your money. I need a witness. You ought to be playing Anita Baker over your bank account, not over your room. You ought to be playing Luther over. You ought to go into the bank and say, can you bring some of my money out here and play some Luther Vandross over your money? I said Luther because I'm old. No, I'm young in Jesus' name. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? What I'm saying to you is all, everyone who can be trusted financially is saying, that a crash is coming, a famine is coming. The Bible says that Isaac actually sowed crops in the famine and reached and reaped a hundredfold. I speak a hundredfold blessing over every king and queen and every wealthy person because you're all wealthy. I declare it in the name of Jesus. You're all rich in the name of Jesus. The devil is a liar. We break the yoke off of you. And God's about to give you an idea and an invention and a dream. And you're about to experience economic growth. You're about to experience decent work. You're about to experience economic growth. Gentlemen, God's about to take you to a whole other place in him. And it's not just in him, but it's in your money. I pray above all things that you would prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. I refuse for us to sit in here and prosper your soul and not prosper your money. We rebuke the devil that would keep us ineffective and unproductive in our knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. I rebuke that devil right now. Your money ought to be growing. Your money ought to be growing. You ought to spend money off of money that grew. You ought to have a business buy your next car. You ought to have, you need to be sitting down. To, you should be, money should be a problem for you. You should be trying to talk to accountants. You should not be mad at Donald Trump. You should be wondering, what did his accountants do? No, I wish I had a witness. I mean, I'm mad at him for not maybe paying, but there's a part of me that's like, yeah, but can I talk to his accountants, though? Because you ought to be making so much money that you're thinking about how you can keep as much money as you have because it is God's design for you to have more than enough. I know that there are people that are mad about this and they're going to say I'm preaching a prosperity gospel. Be mad. I'm preaching that God will bless you. I've decided it's okay to have money. I have decided it's okay to have money. I have decided it's okay to have money. I was raised by preachers that was halfway scared to have money because they were scared folk don't think they was after their money. But you need to get it in your mind that I am going to have me some money and I have decided it's okay for me to have money. And one of the ways for me to have more money is for you to have more money. Because when God blesses you, he takes you to a whole nother level. 
talk to me. I have decided that it is okay for me to have money. I'm investing. I'm doing bad. I'm doing real estate. I'm doing. I'm buying ATM machines. I've decided it is okay for me to have money. You know why? Because if I die broke and y'all have to take up an offering for me in my funeral, y'all are gonna be like, "What happened with Pastor Andy?" All them people in all that church, and we had to take an offering up at his funeral to bury him. Folk gonna be mad if you broke. Folk gonna be mad if you got money. Since folk gonna have something to say either way, they might as well be mad at me for having some money. Get it in your mind. Folk gonna talk about you either way. So they might as well have an attitude with you over you being blessed and over you not having to work no more and you being able to retire early and you still keeping your job but only because you like working there because actually you got businesses that are growing and reaping and sowing and stuff is coming back to you 30, 60 and 100 fold and they should say where are you going this week and you say actually I'm looking at some land and blah 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 and when you leave you ought to feel the stink and the anger of the Amalekite Philistines that you live around. You ought to eat that hate like M&Ms. Because God wants to bless you in such a way that it causes envy. But it's not going to happen by a magical prayer that inspires you we rebuke the curse off of you but after that you are going to have to cut some ground Isaac planted in the reap uh, in the time of famine the Bible says God blessed him he became rich and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy he became rich and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. He became rich and then his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. I'm going to say it one more time. He actually became rich and then his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. Very wealthy. I said very wealthy. I said very wealthy. Very wealthy. I said very wealthy. You know who wants you to just take a vow of poverty and have Holy Ghost? It is the slave master that does not want you to believe that you can be the owner, who does not want you to believe that you can reap a harvest, who does not want you to understand that the way that this works is you sow and you reap. He only wants our, the, the, the enemy, the devil, only wants, he wants our idea of blessing to only be favor and not harvest. But you sow and you reap. You reap what you sow. You reap where you sow. You reap when you sow. You reap after you sow. You reap more than you sow. When you take on this attitude of being a sower and a reaper, a Seed and not just eater, it changes your whole worldview, and you step into a perspective about life that is not common. 
And so I pray that you would be a peculiar people. I pray around the world that you would be weird to people. I pray that your way of moving and acting will not be the norm. And that God will bless you exponentially. Can you receive that? That God will bless you exponentially. Can you receive that? That God will bless you exponentially. Can you receive that? That God will bless you exponentially. I say, can you receive that? That God will bless you exponentially. Though I am someone by the blessing of God and the grace of God and my own courage and craziness that the Lord has blessed me exponentially and I'm looking for him to bless me in an even greater way exponentially. Even greater exponentially. I've decided the Lord has spoken to me. I have decided this is great. The church, the Lord has blessed me. Hallelujah. But all I, at this point now I'm saying, Lord, I want seven streams. I want seven streams. I speak seven streams over you. I want seven. I want seven rivers. I want you to access seven streams of income. I want you to have so many streams. I want you to have so many streams of revenue. I want what you get paid to be the last thing you think about. I love this. I love the call. I love what God has called me to do. I love the ministry. I love people. I love you all. I love the word of God. I love the work of God. I love the kingdom. I love it all. I'd love it even more if I didn't need no money from it. That would be amazing. Wouldn't that be amazing if your job that paid you didn't matter? Wouldn't that be incredible? Well, let's believe God together for that. So let's sow. Let's sow. Let's give. This is it. It's 12 o'clock. I'm done. Hope you heard a word from the Lord. We just flew it all over the place. Whatever I was going to say today is over. So let's give. If you heard a word from the Lord today, not only do I want you to give, come on, let's give. And if you're giving your tithes, let's go ahead and give you tithes. I know, Joe, it's not too hard. We just have to, we got to believe God. God took over. I want you to give. Ways to give. You can take a picture of that app. If you've never been a tither before, I want you to start now being a tither. Today's the 15th. That means you just got your check. That's right. He said it at the exact right time. You just got paid. First and the 15th. You just got it. You have direct deposit. It probably went in there on Friday because it's you know, on the weekend, right? Nod, right? Right. That, that's a week right, right? Yes, right. So let's tithe. Tithe is a tenth. So if you just got your check and it was $1,000, then you owe God $100. So $100 into the work of the kingdom. That's your tithe. You can say, oh, what about taxes? Yeah, sure, taxes are, yeah, you get taxed. And so you're tithing from your gross and not from your net. You tithe from your gross, not your net. If you make $100,000 a year, then 10000 of it belongs to God. Because regardless of your taxes, you still have to tithe in every other way anyway. You still have to save. 
You can meet with a financial advisor and they'll tell you how to save pre-tax dollars, but there's still a certain amount of taxes that you have to pay. And quite honestly, unless you're at a certain tax bracket, you don't really pay a lot of the country's taxes. Got quiet on that. And so, let's give. If you need an offering envelope, you can raise your hand and one of the gatekeepers will come and give you. And in this, this is our tithes. This is our offering. This is our building fund. It's all together. I'm believing God for the biggest offering that we've ever taken up, Joe. That's what I'm believing God for right now. If you're watching around the world, then you can take, take a picture of that QR code. Just because you're not in the room with us, you're still a part of our church. There's thousands of people that are watching. We need you to sow. We need you to give. We need you to be a tither. I need you to be a giver. I'm having this war council meeting on February 1st. It's in your bulletin in which I'm getting ready to talk to you all about where we're going next and what's about to happen and where are we when it comes to the land and where are we when it comes to it. And, 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 and it's going to be a great meeting and we're going to pray and have an awesome time together. And I want every leader and every elder and every deacon and everyone that serves, I want to jam this room out. And if you haven't been in the room for a while, you need to come and be in the room with us because I'm not going to telecast it. I'm not going to live stream it. There's some things that I said in this service right now I'm a little bit nervous about. Not a whole lot, but a little bit. I'm fasting. I don't really care. But there's a little, I'm a little bit nervous about it because, what I, because this whole thing streamed. I think I might have said the N-word. I know I won't say it, but I think I might have said that earlier. It just slipped out. No, I didn't say that. Not N-I-G-G. Not the N-word, but I said. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Y'all realize back in the day in the church you used to go to, the preacher was just preaching to the 150 people that was in that room. Whole world wasn't listening at the same time. Whole nother level at this point. And I don't mean to be racist, because I'm not a racist. I love everybody. But I just happen to be black. See, there was a time when I was wondering... doesn't mean that I don't have white people that I love and white people that love me. One of the elders has been with me the longest, Elder Paul. I love him. He loves me. He sends me texts almost every day. He prays for me. I pray for him. His wife is black. His sons are black. So he's, we count him as black. But what I'm saying is still, it don't mean ain't nobody got nothing against nothing. Some wrong if we can't admit who the oppressed are. Can we admit who the oppressed are? Yeah, we can admit who the oppressed are. And so I'm praying that God will set us free from poverty. And a part of it is you work this muscle, God will bless you. God said, Oh, I'll bless you. Tithe, I'll bless you 30, 60, 100 fold. Can I get you to tithe for the very first time? If you, listen, beloved, this is why I was talking about the meeting on February 1st. First Wednesday, February 1st. You know, we're going we're gonna to give, we're going to give exponent, we're going to give sacrificially. But if everybody tithed, if everybody just tithed, if everybody just tithed. So if you've never tithed before, I need 2023 to be the year you become a tither. Not only do you tithe to the kingdom, but tithe to yourself. 
34. It's time to start tithing to yourself. It's time to start saving. Time to start sowing. Time to think about your retirement is when you're 28, not when you're 48. This is the time to start thinking about it. Sowing and reaping. So we're going to give to the work of the kingdom of God. I'm going to let you go. Amen. So if you need an offering envelope, we'll give you one. You take that QR code. There's so many different ways you can give. You're watching live around the world. So many ways in which you can give. God has a work for us to do. And he has a blessing for you. And the sermon that I had prepared for today, I didn't even get to it. It's all right. Holy Ghost had his way. And it was good. It was, it was good. It was good. Because this is the battle that we're going to fight. And the children of Israel were going to fight a battle. They had had swords and they were, it was blood. They were, it was life, Elder. It was life that they were concerned about. For us, it's not going to be life. You're not going to spill your blood. You're going to spill coffee. It's not blood you're going to spill. It's going to be Starbucks coffee. Give some of your Starbucks money. It's going to be chicken grease. That's what you're going to spill. You're going to spill some Microlinks money. You're going to spend some feet getting done money. You might have to keep your iPhone 80 for a little bit longer since the iPhone 81 just came out. Folk will look at you and be like, why didn't you have the 81? And you may say, because I'm giving you something that's bigger than me. And you know what? The 80 is not that much different than the 81. I wish I had a witness in the building. Because I remember when everybody had pagers. Amen. I remember a thing called pay phones with quarters. I need a witness. I remember an answering machine with a tape. The fact I have a phone in my pocket is amazing. Not only can I call you, but I could take a video of me eating chicken like it matters. I really don't need the technology that they had on the first thing that went to the moon. Bible says, given it shall be given unto you again. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and over. Will men pour into your lap? I'm praying that men will look favorably towards you. God will put favor on your life. And you'll do deals. Everybody say deals. Come on, everybody say deals. Come on, everybody say deals. I'm looking for deals. I'm looking for gifts and surprises. I'm looking for, I'm looking for wealth for you and for me. My sons, my daughters, my children's children. Preach, boy, preach to me. Children's children. Come on, let's pray. God, thank you for this time together. You just taken over. You said what you wanted to say. Thank you for the visitors that were with us. 
Thank you for everyone that's watching around the world. Now we're sowing our tithes and our offerings. We're giving to the work of the kingdom. Some of us are taking the leap in tithing. We've never tithed before. But we're going to tithe today. And we're going to give. And we're going to expect to reap a harvest. And so, God, right now I thank you, not just for jobs and better jobs. I don't just thank you for that, but I thank you that we'll create jobs. Pray, God, that we'll have a whole nother mentality besides the mentality of the job worker. I pray, God, that you will affect us in such a way that we'll feel shame about how we were as a worker when we end up with workers like us. When you make us owners. Make us owners. Make us entrepreneurs. Make us property owners. Make us real estate owners. Make us commercial real estate owners. Make us small business owners. Make us side hustle, hustle owners. Bless every man exponentially. Bless every woman exponentially. Bless our seed. Bless our children. Bless our basket. Bless our store. This is our earnest plea. More love, O oh Christ, to thee. As we fight the economic battle, as we wage war against the enemy of our souls and our destiny, God, I pray that you would lead us and guide us into truth. Take this offering and multiply it supernaturally to the upbuilding of your kingdom and have your way in us. Kingdom of God come, will of God be done. In Jesus' name we pray. We all sit together. Amen. God bless you as you give. Just a couple of announcements. Number one, February 1st. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen in particularly, but all of you, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be having a meeting on February 1st in which we're talking about Victory Park, this vision that the Lord has given me for the next thing that we're about to build. Our lease here is almost up. So we are having conversations and talking, and I'm going to update you on where we are and where we're headed. I'm going to let you know, and that's happening on February 1st. If you want to be in a fellowship group, we know we're a mega church, thousands of people come, and but if in the lobby today there's there's going to be elders and leaders and you can become a part of a fellowship group new to the area, it's not a Bible study group, it's just fellowship. Folks coming together, getting to know one another, walking in fellowship. The Bible says, 1 John 1, 7 says, as we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So there's a cleansing that comes from the fellowship that you have. Hard to be saved around heathens all the time. That was weak. Hard to be saved around heathens all the time. Some of us were raised, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord, touch not the unclean thing and I'll be a father to you and you'll be, you'll be my sons and daughters, says the Lord God Almighty. I think that's Corinthians 6. But, but, but I, I got it. There's some coming out from them that we can't got to work with them you got to deal with them and some of them and you, I, I understand so you need to spend so all of us have to spend some fellowship time with like-minded believers so we're going there's a fellowship groups that's happening in the lobby and so if you if you want to fellowship with some some believers and you're new and then or you're not then in the lobby fellowship and we're still we are still fasting and praying all the way till Super Bowl Sunday, all the way to the 12th. And we're making some adaptations and some changes. And I'm making some changes now. And I was just doing just water. And now I'm kind of doing some Daniel fasting today. And 
salad and but no rice, no potato, no that that's what I'm doing, kinda I'm not eating anything white, no white sugar and you know, I really am trying to get free from from this sugar demon. Y'all pray for me. Pray, pray for me. Cause the honey buns are calling, but I bind them. It's an amazing way for you to kick your, your, your year off spiritually, but also physically. Reset your taste buds and go back eating different. Eat some fruit, not a candy bar. Fast, pray, read, study. Amen? Was this a good service? And we went a little over. It's a good service. It's a good service. Jump on your feet. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for our time together. Thank you that we're coming back more and more and more. And all the folks that are in this service, we're nearly at capacity. And everybody that's watching around the world and, and from the from the pulpit to the seat in the back of the of the camera, of the, the farthest reach. God, I pray that you'd include us together. There is only one Lord. There is only one King. There is only one body. So bind us together with cords that can't be broken. Dismiss us from this place. Those of us that are in the room, never from your presence. Folks that are watching around the world, have your way in us. Kingdom of God, come in us. Will of God be done. Thank you for every prayer we prayed, every song we sang, every mountain you brought us over, every valley you saw us through. For every blessing, hallelujah. We give you praise. Bless your people. Make your face shine upon your people. Give us peace. Thank you for the dreams and the witty inventions and the ideas and the designs. Thank you that you're speaking even now. Thank you that you're going to be speaking as people drive home. Thank you you're going to be speaking. You're going to be speaking in the night season. Thank you that this week something is about to happen. And we'll give you praise for what you do and what you say. In Jesus' name, we all sit together. Amen. God bless you. Greet somebody in the name of the Lord. Thank you for coming to church this morning. Thanks for tuning in with us today. God bless you. Hopefully you were blessed and encouraged by this message. Visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast for more information on WOCC and events that are coming up. Maybe we are coming to your area soon. God bless.